What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. As you figured out by now, we have teamed up with Racer360 for the 2020 season, and we are really excited about it. I've been a big fan of Dion and the coaching that he does since we first met. I've been using it quite a bit. Um, I use their track breakdowns for any time I go to a new track. Um, I talk to Dion when I can about ways I can improve. Um, any any chance that I can to get better on track, I try to take advantage of it. So obviously, this partnership is a little self-serving because I get to build that relationship with Dion and then hopefully get better on track as well. Um, but I've been using it all the time. Um, the, the SCCA Time Trials National Tour that came through Heartland Park was the, the event that I used it quite a, probably the most last year. Um, before the event started... He, Dion put out the video that did the track breakdown and walked us through ways that you could improve, where you could, where you could pick up time. And I watched it to the point where I, I knew every corner before I got there. And it was raining and wet, and I was on slicks. So I was slipping aside and didn't really get a chance to actually put a real lap down. But once the track dried, I was able to improve my time in such a way that I, I went to a, the second fastest lap of the event. I was I was such It was such an improvement that the rest of the weekend I was called the cheater and that the transponder failed. There's no way I put down that time it, that everyone just said it was bullshit. So if you, if you want to improve your times in such a way that the rest of the field gets to call you a cheater, racers 360 is the way to do it. I mean, putting up an authentic time that's even leaps and bounds better than what you ever expected you could put down just shows the, the, the investment in this coaching is more than worth it. I'm a big fan of Dion. I'm a big fan of Racers 360. I wouldn't partner with them if I didn't believe in what they were doing. So we were doing a seven-day free trial for our listeners, but that really wasn't, in my opinion, that wasn't good enough to get people in the door. So I wanted to give you guys an incentive, give our listeners something back. So it's a 10% discount now. So if you go to the description of the show, just click on that, sign up. 10% off, and it's exclusive to our our listeners, but that doesn't go out to everybody. We want you guys to get better on track. If, you, if you're serious about racing, Racers 360 is serious about making you improve. So check it out. I want to hear some testimonials this summer about our listeners that have improved. Welcome back to 10 Tens Podcast. I'm your host, Robert, and you are not seeing double if you're watching oh, this on hey, YouTube. Whoa. There is not two, well, there would be three Adams if you count the, the life-size Flatum, but I'm here with my co-host, Adam, and his father, and this is the first time I've ever said his name out loud. Probably should have gone over this. Rainer. We'll go with, yeah. Close yeah. enough. It's close enough. Rainer Nielsen. <clears throat> is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I realized today was, that I'd never actually said it out loud, and so it's always just, been Adam's dad. It's just dad. It's fine. <laughs> so it's Dadam and Dadam. Oh, Jesus. I'm excited about this. He's not excited about this. It'll be fine. I don't do well with public communications and, it's and just, video. It's, it's and, just yeah, me it's, and Robbie. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's just, just a conversation between three friends. So. Why do you think Robbie does this? I can't talk in public. Are you kidding me? I'm not really good at it either. Anyone that was at the Midiv convention could tell you I'm terrible <laughs> at public speaking. I've done a little bit of public speaking. I'm, I'm all right with that, but yeah. this kind of is nervous for me. It's oh, fun. Man. This is just internet fame. It's totally anonymous. Yeah. So what's up? How's life? Life is good. Yeah? You didn't freeze to death? No, everything I have is inside, so I work inside now. Oh, so jealous. It's nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to start there. <laughs> it's going to be worse tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be one. If this is the worst that we have all year, we're in a pretty good spot, though. We're well to, on our way to like not dealing with a pretty bad winter. I'm at least one full tank of propane less than last year. I don't That's that a big deal. That is a big deal. Hundreds <laughs> of dollars, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that, that was a pretty dramatic change from last year to this year. Yeah, it was brutal last year. So, what should we talk about? We got all kinds of things. I don't even know. We can start by saying we're in the Kanga Motorsports studio. Oh, yes. Uh, James put out a pretty cool article that I was reading before you guys got here called Rubbing is Not Racing. Somebody and he, gets it. And he wants to uh, approach the topic because... Well, he does Spec Racer Ford, and that's like basically bumper cars. So it's funny that he writes the article that says, "Hey, maybe, uh, maybe we should just lay Pump off. The brakes on yeah, that. let's not hit each other so much." I think that's. I mean, ever since I was little, that's one of his big reasons for drag racing, more or less, was that you never had to worry about the other guy. You could build a high quality car, and you could run the thing for ten years, and never have to worry about it getting it beat up. Right. Whereas when I was pits for people with the figure eight cars or stock cars, I didn't do much stock cars, but I did a lot of pitting for figure eight cars. Right. I pitted for seven different drivers in figure eights in my lifetime, and you were lucky if you got two seasons out of one of those cars. That's crazy. And those are like yeah, all but tube chassis cars, aren't they? You have a, a full ca- you have a full cage in the car, and you have a full cage in the front end, but the front cage cannot be connected to the main cage at the okay. firewall there they, they can't physically go through the firewall okay hmm. because they didn't want them too stiff because there's an intersection on the racetrack they don't want you to meet in the intersection and this is a way to make it so you don't have a tank <laughs> that's still the craziest I, that's one of those things i'll just never forget is going to those every weekend and the, the figure eights people i need to go see that we should do that sometime i'm yeah. So. And you, and you need to understand, figure eight at local fairgrounds is not the same as figure eight where we grew up. Little, at- little town of Primgar, Iowa, and the JCs in Primgar have run the figure eight track there for probably fifty years because it's been going. I, I started going there when I was in my when I was driving, right in your teenage years, like it's, in high school, and, stuff. and I'm I'm a few years older than that now. So, <clears throat> if, didn't you like you guys? You guys used to like. Just fire those cars up and rip them down gravel roads to get to the races at night? We lived in a town about 20 miles away, and we had one trailer. And I think I, I can't remember. I think there was, when I was living in Sheldon, there was one, uh, there was five or six uh, figure eight cars, and we only had one trailer. <laughs> so we the come up. doesn't really work on that. <laughs> we come up with a bright idea. We just run them on gravel roads all the way over to Sheldon, and then the last mile, we just go back and forth with the trailer and pick up the car. We just drove the cars on the trailer and, and drove to the figure just eight. Just hold the brakes. Just hold the brake. <laughs> drove to the figure eight track, roll the car off, and go after the next next one. See, Robbie, we make this way more complicated that, than it needs to be. It, well, I mean, it, that's really not that far. Well, it was a wonderful thing to do, but the problem was that you started racing at 7 o'clock at night, and at 10 o'clock at night, now you have to go home. No, we don't have any lights. <laughs> I didn't think about that. We uh, didn't either. I mean, it no, was, those cars would have lights at all. No, you just make a train and let the one car with lights lead. Uh, it was something like that. <laughs> these awesome. are like open header V eight cars. It's not like they're sneaking around hoping That's that good. nobody sees them. Yeah, but everybody likes that sound. I mean, even at midnight, they're like, eh, it's it's Well, and that was back in the days where if you get picked up by the cops, you got chewed out and told to park it in somebody's farmyard and go back after it tomorrow. Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah, the good old days. Now everybody would think it's something serious. But, like, most figure eight tracks, 
that I've seen anyway. They're like, oh, it's fair week. Let's change up the main dirt track a little bit and make this figure eight just for like the exhibition race for the weekend. But the one in Primgar, that's permanently that way. I it doesn't have a circle configuration. It's, no. a, it's a complete bank track. Yeah. And they've had somebody there. They've had uh, the sheriff department there clocking some of those cars going through that intersection. And they're doing 50 plus mile an hour when they go through the intersection. <laughs> Dude, it's the craziest thing. That's insane. Thing. How could I have lived so close if, to this? If you go Did mid- you never go? Never. If what? You go mid- if you go oh, mid-season... Man. Like July, Where you have drivers that have got some experience there. Yeah, you can see some phenomenal racing because those guys know how to just hit it just right, oh. so that you miss everybody in the intersection, and it's really a lot of fun to watch. It's the most anxiety-inducing thing I've ever done. If you like have a, a emotional attachment to a driver, you probably shouldn't go. Like wives, not highly recommended. Oh, I'm sure. There's plenty of them who are out in the stands, like in tears the whole time. How smiling, but how far is that turn away from the parking lot? It's not. It's that that looks like it's a hop and a skip and a jump away from being in a pile There's of cars. There's probably like a couple of tires or something there. There's though. no tires. It's it's just, you just can't see them, Robbie. No, but it's severely banked. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot for you to go over the bank. Okay. Yeah, but I remember cars going over the bank. <laughs> well, it happens. It happens. <laughs> and there's cars that hit in the intersection too, but it's not. It doesn't happen a lot. Right. No. It's surprising. Um, the people who run that are very, very serious about it. Yeah. And if you get reckless or stupid, they'll black flag you and take you out. Yeah. And they just don't, they can't put up with that because, you know, you can't afford to hurt people. No. No. That's when insurance goes through the roof. Yeah. So, what a wild thing. We need to do this. I'm, I mean, like, just go to it. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really need to do it. Zero interest in driving. I have a little interest in driving. No, nah, I don't have any interest. But I have, in I have more interest in just watching. I would, I would not be opposed to like getting a seat in a car in Boone, like at a circle track. I think yep. that might be kind of fun That'd to be do. Fun. But I don't have any need to do the figure eight thing. It's like riding a, mechan- a real bull versus a mechanical bull. Yeah, it's just it's way more. Well, like I said, track. I was in the pits for five or six cars in my lifetime, and I have yet to make one lap around that track. <laughs> Zero interest. I can I can see why it's not for everybody. I get that. Yeah, that's that was a lot of my high school week uh, weekends after geez. drag racing kind of phased out for us. That yeah. was that was where we were instead. So, so when we first started doing that, the first car we had was a '59 Buick. You took all the glass out of it. Those are small cars. It's fine. You took all the glass car. out of it. You either chained or welded the door shut. And you went racing. <laughs> no cages or anything? No cages. Oh, my gosh. That's then one of my friends had was into old Pontiac GTOs, and he had a whole fleet of them. And he came up with this 65 GTO that was pretty rusty. And we put a 428 Pontiac in it with a tri-power. <laughs> he had a four-speed transmission in the car, and he had rear end in that car that was some... Circle track gears, it was high fives or low six series gears in that car. And we went figure eighting with it. So we figure eighted a 65 GTO. And it wasn't a Le Mans, it was an actual GTO. Does that that hurt you a little (laughs) bit now? Now, but that that car was really, really in rough shape. Right. I'm sure there's been a handful of cars that have been destroyed at that track that, like, now it's like, oh, man. If only to keep that. Well, and then, you know, over over the years, they had to get a little bit more professional, and they had to get a little bit more safety-minded than they did when we originally started this. Now, like like we said here a little bit ago, it's they're full-cage cars. Yeah. 
Um, I bet even now they probably require things like Hans restraints and stuff like that. I think we had neck restraints and then at least a driving jacket. And the cars had to be run through manifolds. You can't put headers on them, but you could run a four-barrel. Shoot, the last car we had, we put together a 383 Chevy for it. And that was a $5,000 short block with with a set of... uh, New World heads on it back in the day. I mean, it, oh, torque. Oh, man. We pulled that motor out of the figure eight car and put it in a friend's Malibu, and that was just a regular Malibu, and took it down to Marion to the to the drag strip, and, and just off the trailer, that, that car run 1230s. <laughs> so that's not one of those, like, $100 motor claiming classes. No, they don't do that there. The, okay. the only stipulation they have is you have to run manifolds, so. So um, it's kind of limited? Yeah. Jeez. That's hilarious. So there's probably people out there like trying to find the manifold. There's there's one year of manifold or something that works better than Actually else. the 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 last car that we had the guy who owned the car, he found a place in Wisconsin where they take manifolds and they acid dip them. <laughs> <laughs> and it you know it, it it wallows out the inside. That's some circle traction and, right there. You know he would come into the pits after racing, and you'd open the you'd, you'd pull the hood off the top of that thing, and those manifolds just be glowing red because they're oh, so sure. thin. I'm sure. <laughs> That's some circle traction. Yes, for sure. I love it. That's the same people that would dip the cage and. That's what, that was All like that. that Sunoco Camaro. That yes. was one of the things that it was kind of famous for. Was was that was a dipped car, and that's why it laid weighed so lo- much less than yep. a lot of the other cars of its time. And sketchy. Think. It's great, Robbie. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not Let's great. Get the 240 dipped. Let's not. It's just like plasti dip, but lighter. Yeah, just it just it adds uh, weight reduction. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other cars that we circle track or figure eight raced back in the early 80s was a 1968 Catalina convertible. <laughs> that was the first you guys- car, that was the first car that Prim guy required that we put a roll cage okay. in. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a rule written for you. They, you yeah, yeah. Oh, we had a rule written it. just for us. Damn it. How old were you when that happened? Oh, 30 or 20. Oh, he's got you beat. 22, yeah. 23 years old. It's got to be by a lot. See, but see where I get it? I, oh, I get it. See where I, I see get it. it from? The apple it doesn't fall very far, now, man. doesn't it? Jeez. So, I mean, while we're here, let's talk about some of your early drag racing. Because I, as a very small child, vaguely remember the first, what I think was the first 62 Tempest that you ran. So I started drag racing in 83 when we moved down to Kansas. Okay. I had a 67 Firebird that was pretty much... An original car, 400, automatic, uh, 355 gear. Was a, that's like a 14, 14 and a quarter second car on the, on the quarter mile. And I got hooked. <laughs> Doesn't take much. No. And then I found a 62 Le Mans that was set up for drag racing. So I sold the 67 Firebird to come up with the money for the first 62 Le Mans I had. And that's the one that I vaguely remember. That was a red car with fender flares on it for the rear fenders because... Slicks don't fit underneath the 62 unless you either tub it or radius the fenders, which is right. what this had. It had a Camaro 12-bolt rear end in the back, 455 in it with an automatic and a roll bar racing seat. It was a fun car. Um, I went through the first motor, put the second motor in it, raced it, and like I said, I got hooked on drag racing. That's when we decided somewhere in the mid-'80s 
to build a full cage. So we built a full 14-point roll bar cage, and I found another 62 Le Mans body. We cut that completely off the frame and mounted it on this cage. And essentially it was set up for the super gas class, which is a 990 index at NHRA. But I never paid to have the motor to go that fast. So is that the one that Robbie has pulled up there? Is that, that, that is the car? one that is on the picture there, yes. Okay. So that was but that was version two point of that car that, that Robbie. That car has originally over. was was a reddish burgundy color with yellow and orange scallops on it. God, I think I have a picture of that buried somewhere. And in the in the what in the early '90s we were we were moved back to Iowa and I had the car at a drag strip in Humboldt, Iowa, and the transmission was the rear end, wasn't it? Yeah, the rear end locked up, and I on the big end after going down the track, and I tried to keep the car on on uh, upright, but with the back end skidding and those little front tires on the front, you can't do much. You just kind of went for the ride. And it went over on its side oh, and eventually on its top. And when we redid it, it's it's the yellow and blue that that we have on the picture here now. That must so, have been too terrible then. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I, I rode in the car and, and I knew it was going over and it just kind of slow motion went on its side. And so you're on the driver's side sliding on asphalt thinking, yeah, this could be fun. <laughs> and then it finally stopped and then it flipped over completely. And, of course, you're in a car. You just wrecked it. You're upside down. You're thinking all kinds of things, fuel, fire, all this good stuff. You hit the seatbelt and realize that gravity sucks at that point. You land on your neck. Land on your head (laughs) and get out of the car. And at Humboldt, when you race down the track, it's an eighth-mile track. And then when you shut down, you're actually going downhill at the track and nobody at the starting line could see that I had wrecked. I remember sitting. Oh. In, I remember sitting in the stands. He was running against a much slower car. Okay, and it was still time trials. I think it was so, time trials. So they weren't staggered start like they are in the elimination. And, and the rounds. only reason they oh, knew that okay. it was an incident there is because that car stopped and they could see him stop. So he locked him up right at the top of the hill. Right, and they went down there thinking he had something wrong. And then they went further over the hill, and that's when we realized that it was something else. So the guy who was running the starting line, he's on a four-wheeler heading down the track, and he saw that Camaro sitting sideways on on the top of the hill, and then he got a little bit closer, and then he could see that my car was upside down on the bottom of the hill. And he told me, he says, I went over the top of the hill, and he says, I saw this black thing way up in the air, and it was coming back down. And I realized it was your helmet. When you come out of the car, you were mad, and you threw the helmet. So, We've all been there. I remember being like beside myself with tears. Like, like I was worried. convinced he was dead, right? You know, because I was nine, maybe. He's in a caged race car. He's yeah, fine. Right, They're made for that. Know. So we cut the roof off of that one and just put a new one on and called it a day. And it, he took it to a paint shop and yeah, it sounded like it was that's yeah, what mostly his body. With. You know, cosmetic damage. There was uh, one cage on the passenger, or one roll bar on the passenger side, one bar that had bent down a little bit, but we never did anything with it. The car had a wow. like like a funny car containment cage around the driver. Yeah, like a, like a really good cage. Yeah, it was offset, not center seat like a funny car is, but right. it had that containment cage that you see when they have funny cars or, or yeah, over yeah. a dragster. It had that over the driver, yeah, which I yeah, think yeah, was similar to the, the dragster sitting next to it in the picture. That was an yeah. option that you had elected for, wasn't right. it? Right. That wasn't a standard part on that chassis. It was not required by the rules, but we put it in. 
That chassis was certified to go a lot faster than you ever planned. Um, there's two certifications on cha- on full ch- ch- chassis like that. There's 750 and slower, and then there's faster than 750. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, mine mine was for the 750 and slower ca- class. Oh, okay. But uh, when we got into the juniors, we had uh, one junior for Adam, and then we bought another one for Adam, and then gave the one that Adam had to my daughter Erin. So then both the kids raced, and I devoted my time to to the junior dragsters, and I got rid of my car because you just couldn't do both. No, that'd be be never-ending. It was a wild weekend, even with the two juniors, let alone even trying to think about his car. Yeah. Was there a lot of support for junior dragsters locally, or did you guys travel quite a bit? Or this was in Kansas. Well, no, we were living in Sheldon. We raced in South Dakota at Marion. Oh, okay. Well, I raced at Humboldt a few years, I guess. Uh, did you? Yeah, I think I raced my first year or two in Humboldt. So I had a friend of mine in Humboldt that had a niece of his that was racing a junior dragster. And Humboldt had a weird thing that year. The points went to the car, not to the driver. And they had one weekend where his niece couldn't make it. And all he had to do to get points was just have the car make rounds. Just make some passes. So he asked me if there was any chance that I could get Adam, who was, what, nine at the time? I think I might have been 10 or 11 at that point. To strap into the car and go down the track. And I just, sure, no problem. <laughs> Never talked to Adam about this. I didn't feel the same way. He about was it. terrified. It's like, it's like a twelve-year-old with a dirt bike. Of course, he wants to ride it. No, but, I didn't <laughs> want to ride it. Though. So we did the time trial, and he went down the track, and he, you know, stepped on it and launched it, and it scared him a little bit, and he let off and was rolling away, and he'd stand on it and just keep, you know, back and forth all the way down the track. Well, yeah. the second time he did fine. And then we did time trials. I think he went two rounds, and that was enough for the points, and and kind of got him hooked. And that's when I started looking for one for him. Oh, nice. Where did we buy that thing? Because that thing was weird. It was not like any other chassis. It that... was one of the original junior dragsters when the very first year or two that they came out. It was a heavy car, it was super heavy, um, and we didn't have much motor on it. But uh, it those, worked, and everything was, you know, it's... Are it's, those electric or, like, Briggs & Stratton? Type so that's thing? a five-horse Briggs... Like, literally, you pull a motor off a tiller. Yes. And you put it on your dragster, and you take it... Like, when you're eight, that's all you're allowed to have is a five... The factory five-horse Briggs & Stratton. You just start when you're eight. Yeah, so it's like a closed engine so, so motor or whatever. Well, there's... Uh, you can go so fast based on your age. Okay. Or slower. Obviously, because it's bracket racing. So it doesn't matter who's the first person to the end of the track. It only matters who's the best at guessing how quickly they will get there. Oh, And then whoever's closest to that time without going faster wins. So if you have a car that runs 10 seconds and you have a car that runs 9 seconds or junior, it doesn't make any difference, the 9-second car would have to sit on the line for a full second. The 10-second car would go first for a second. And then the and then the faster car would leave, so they're staggered, and the object is that both of them, in theory, go across the finish line at the same time. They have separate lights for that. They have yeah, separate okay. lights. So the Christmas tree can yep. stagger. Okay, cool. And there's a divider, so you can't really see the other guy's lights when you're actually staged. That's super helpful. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have never been able to no. do it. Green, go. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been. I was bad enough. So, so what it amounts to is. You have three amber lights, they're half a second apart, and then a green light. 
And whoever leaves the closest to the green light and can run closest to their time at the end without going over their time is going to win the round. Okay. So that's how you kind of try and make it so that any budget can compete. Right. Like you don't necessarily have to be the fastest guy. You just have to be the most consistent. And you can go out there with a bone stock PT cruiser and go rounds and win weekends. Huh. Or you can go out there with a high nine second tube <laughs> chassis big block Pontiac and not go get beat by that PT cruiser. You don't know. <laughs> so that's it's a whole new world. That's man. how drag racing Okay. Is they, that's how they try. That's kind of like the spec. balance, the balance of performance that's type the, thing. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like trying to make things budget friendly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like Spec Miata was supposed to and stuff like. That. Yeah, it never really, works. No, that way. It that's not it how that works. Work <laughs> so for the first season or two, we ran that first dragster that we had, and that was a yeah. high eleven second eighth. eighth uh, mile. Junior dragsters run eighth mile, yep. and that was a high eleven second car. Then we bought a chrome molly chassis and and decked that one out and put we still were running the five horse Briggs and Stratton motor, but it was a lot more motor in that car. And we put Adam in the faster car and then my daughter Erin drove the other car. And that's how we went through the rest of the racing seasons with those cars. And the first time that Erin I took her to a place where we had a stretch of blacktop and got her in the car. <laughs> And I'm standing on the back of the car, straddling the motor, basically, on the frame, holding on to the roll cage. And it's this, this yellow and blue car that we have in the picture here, instructing her how to drive the car. While driving down the road. While riding, yeah. <laughs> They're not fast. I no, mean. but still. Well, you went through the eighth mile at, at uh, what, 82 mile an hour? I thought it was in the seventies, but it was it was high seventies at least. I thought her car was seventy two mile an hour and yours was ten miles faster at eighty two mile an hour. Could have been, I don't remember. It's hard to it's say. Still pretty quick for That's a, a decent, young kid. Especially back then, that was a decent street car. Yeah. Like a pretty quick street car. But like that's there was no doing quarter mile with those. They were single speed. Oh, yeah, they you used, top out. They used eight, like a... It's a snowmobile clutch. Yeah, it was basically yep. the snowmobile. You know, it was a CVT is what it was. Yep, yep. A rubber band slipping on cones is literally what it was. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I mean, I suppose you could change some gearing and maybe make a quarter mile out of it, but it was going to be worse right. because of it. Way less competitive. Right. So... What type of budget is that? Like, is it is it... Relatively friendly is it is a great way to get into drag racing? Would you say looking back? You, yeah, you could get into a car. You can probably well, you can buy junior dragsters, use junior dragsters anywhere from from oh probably twenty five hundred bucks on. I mean, I was always running the Briggs and Stratton motors, and we were you know decking them out with with cams and stuff like that. Um, there's all kinds of crazy things you can do to them. There's, but there's there's companies there's yeah figured. there's companies out there that build billet motors and and you I know, remember if that's like what you want to do daydreaming about those that. are thousands of dollars type deal <laughs> they were called Blockzilla oh jeez was the best well yeah of course but it cost ten grand oh, I dreamed <laughs> of that though so Adam's car was running a five horse Briggs and Stratton motor and it was putting out seventeen and a half horse nice. <laughs> And I like that. We ran like full methanol on you're, it. You're running, you're running <laughs> alcohol stupid. in these things, and of course, you're putting a lot of compression to it. And the yep. problem that you have with the Briggs and Stratton motor is you pop the heads off the top. Right. Does ARP make a head kit for that? Oh, no, <laughs> this, this gets a whole lot crazier. <laughs> no, it's than way that. stupider. <laughs> so somebody makes a plate that goes underneath the motor, and you bolt the motor to the plate. Yes. 
and then you have a plate that goes on top of the motor. You it change the head studs out, change the head studs out so that there's a so the studs go above the the head, and then you put a plate on the top. Yes, and then you have bolts going all the way around the the top plate and the bottom plate. And it's like you, you half sandwich. It's a, it's a, yeah, a sandwich. You it's like half inch all thread. You sand. <laughs> yeah, you sandwich that Briggs and Stratton motor together. You just torque that down. It's fine. <laughs> and then somebody and then somebody decided this is crazy, and that's when they come out with the all billet blocks and stuff like that. But yeah, which is more crazy. But like, dude, that was in like the early two thousands. Billet motors were not a thing. No. And say so now you can get an SR twenty right. Billet like motor. billet motors are kind of a thing now. Yeah, but like there are people you know back when <laughs> like even like twin turbo streetcars were pretty wild at that point in time. You yes, know? and and here are these single horse or single cylinder Briggs and Stratton billet motors. Well, I think that'd be that'd be the place to start with I, billet, don't I, you think? Well, I they're mean, air cooled. You don't yeah, have to figure anything. It'd be out, easy. I, I mean, when, when you learn. Like when you take a shop class, they teach you Briggs and Stratton's. I guess. So I mean, that's a great place to Was start. Is that like single season motors? No, I think we get more than a season out of that. I don't remember. Um, there was a, a young man in Sheldon who built. Uh, Sheldon at that time was big with the uh, with the go kart racing, the the oval tra- racing a, and stuff like, like that. There's like a handful of dirt circle track. Yeah, there was dirt circle tracks in the around. Area. Our and, home. And what was, was I doing my whole life? Rollerblading. There, there was a, there was a young man in that shop that was very very good at building motors. So I had him build the motors for us, and he really really enjoyed that because we could do anything we wanted with our five horse Briggs yeah. and the motors that they were running for their 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 track go karts. They were real specific with what they could do. So we're we, you know we're we're balls out on this doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, this kid had a dyno in his shop. An engine dyno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the Briggs dyno. and Stratton motors. And he'd put the motors on there after we got them, you know, overhauled and stuff. And he'd put them on there and and he'd start running them things up. And, you know, he's sitting there at five, 6,000 RPM. And this motor sounds to me like it's trying to come apart. And I'm stepping away from the motor a little bit. And he just keeps running the thing up and up and up. <laughs> and he's standing like four inches away from this Oh, yeah. Like head up into like, just, just going at it. <laughs> And just smiling from ear to ear because he's getting 15 and 17 horsepower out of this motor. <laughs> and the motors that they run, run 10 or 11 horsepower. That is awesome. So we ran at the local tracks. And then we also ran down in Topeka at a at a regional event, which turned into a nightmare because of the weather. We What's got like, that like? We got like eight inches of rain that weekend. It was complete Been and there. utter insanity. We were What's parked, with you in Topeka? We were parked in a really similar spot to yeah. where we were for national uh, time yeah. or for time trial national tour. Right, we were really close to where we were that same. fifteen years earlier when I was there huh. with the juniors, uh, right along the front straight of the racetrack. Yeah, you know because that's the drag strip. Yeah, and dude, it poured, and our our camper was stuck. Oh. I suppose it wasn't paved at that point. Or was it? Uh, were we on we were, in, we were in a green space that was all fenced off, and they put all the juniors in there because that way, you know, you got kids running around, and this was a regional event where they had... Yeah, there were lots of other I mean, there were, there. There, were, there were cars there and stuff, and we were in this area here where, you know, if you let your kids run around, you didn't have to worry about them running out in front of somebody in the pits. Makes sense. And it rained eight inches, and it rained like four inches in an hour type stuff. It Ooh. just just poured. That's when we found out our RV leaked. 
and it's never leaked before and it never leaked after, but that weekend it just had enough. I remember like he went and somebody took him to like some fleet farm thing and yep, he yep. bought like the biggest tarps we could find and we tried to strap him down over the roof <laughs> of the RV and yeah. Yeah, and we ended yeah. up having some guy with a four-wheel drive. He he pulled the camper out first because you're making ruts six inches deep with a camper. Yeah, right? and then he went back in and hooked onto the trailer and pulled it out. Or we'd have never got out of there. Wow. Yeah. So that 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 weekend was a complete wash. It it was horrible weekend. In fact, it was. Uh, Adam's mother says it was one of the worst weekends of her life. <laughs> did you My even mom, get on, did you get on track at all? Yeah, uh, we made it down the track. Yeah, but. I don't remember what happened, but my car just didn't run right, and I ran like seconds off pace, and we were out first round. Oh, yeah, I that's remember awesome. that much. The best race that we had with Adam. There's a track just on the Minnesota side of Fargo, North Dakota. I can't remember what the name of the top town end is. dragway. Okay, it's the one with the drift track on it now. Ah, yeah, fun. So. The kids had assignments on the race car. We're running alcohol in these junior dra- junior dragsters, so you had to change the oil every week because yep. you, you milk the oil so bad. Right. And bad. <laughs> we're at this – it's a junior dragster event only, and there must have been 200 junior dragsters there. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was fun. And I'm standing behind on the staging lanes, and Adam does his little burnouts, and he pulls up pre-stages and then stages – and then the light starts coming down every half second to different amber to green. And that first amber came on, and I'm looking at the back of his car, and the drain plug on the back of the motor falls and hits the ground. <laughs> and, no. the ne- and the next thing I know, it's down the track he's going. Too late to even stop him. And Yeah, you couldn't do a thing about it. And we have what you did is you had a golf cart, and you pulled the juniors back when they were done. And he knew when he got to the end of the track and got to the state, when he got to the return road, then he just shut it off and wait for us. Yeah. So we got up there with the golf cart. You know, I go up on the, on the on the line and I pick up his drain plug, and go back to the golf cart and then go get him and pull his car back. And I'm a little upset with him because the drain drain plug goes loose. We put the drain plug back in it, and we put oil in it, and, it and we go to the second round. <laughs> so did, did they have to stop the whole event because you just full synthetic? You know what? There's that's such a little hole on a, on an event like that with the junior dragsters. They really didn't care. No, but, dude. You like it, you didn't spin those tires. You weren't like worried about traction. Well, I mean, did you like? Was it like a, a quarter of a gallon? Just no, dude. They like use a quart. Maybe yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you nothing. put like a quart of oil in it and you're done. What are you running in that? Does does Valvoline VR like really expensive? Like VR one. <laughs> the kid who built the motor, he sold us oil for the motor. It was full synthetic oil, and that's what sold me on synthetic oil way back when. Gotcha. There's so little, such little amounts that it was like, well, fine, yeah, whatever. We'll see. It could be the most expensive oil. You're you're just putting a quart in. Yeah. So who cares? Type of deal. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Briggs Strat came out with a that, race oil. I don't know. That's probably what it was. I don't know. But there was – so that was like just a, a full junior dragster weekend, right? Yes. And I don't know how it all – he probably remembers somewhat, but I don't remember exactly how it all came together. But they ended up doing like a like a eliminations run for money. Oh. Like a separate thing from the main event of the weekend. And I won that. Nice. It's the only time I ever do any good was when there was money on the line. Because I think there were one or two of those times, and I did well in all of them. Yeah. That's all that matters. you got to win yeah. when there's money on the line. Who cares yeah. if there's no money? I remember getting – I don't remember where it all was, 
the only things I really remember ever winning, if you will, with that, with the junior dragsters, the money, which I don't remember how much it was. It was probably an insignificant amount. It was two hundred dollars. Oh, all right, well that's, I that's mean, still something. Probably paid for the weekend. Two hundred dollars when you're fourteen years old. I mean, hey, that goes a long way. I probably didn't see a penny of it. Let's be real. <laughs> they bought a pair of skates. <laughs> nah, you probably kept it. It's probably like this is for dropping your drain plug on the ground or some shit like that. And, I never and saw he it would again. be right. <laughs> I probably couldn't argue with him. But then I remember getting a connecting rod out of a funny car that Del Warsham had autographed, and then. Pretty sure that there was a set of rat like three eighths ratchet extensions yep. that he still has that I want. <laughs> Those came from Topeka, but I'm pretty sure I want them. And I don't know if it was you or Aaron, but yes, I I kept them. <laughs> He's the one wrenching. I guess <laughs> I probably used them at his place countless you know? times. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Probably use them in his place more than I wouldn't mind. Anyway. Besides, you can't even find your garage right now, much less your I tools. I know exactly where it is. It hasn't moved any. It's just that I can't get to it. So, so my son grew up in drag racing and in Pontiacs, and yeah, I save pictures. I save pictures just for this, <laughs> oh, no. so that when you brought oh it, no, so so now his choice of racing in life when he does race is whatever this is, road course racing Not with a Dodge. Omni. <laughs> that, that kills. Just, I'm just so want, proud. I just want everybody to know that any time that I talk about selling it, he's the one who tells me not to. There's too much history with that car for you to sell it. I get that. It's too cool. Actually, like, when I was scrolling through saving pictures for this episode, I was like basically diving deep into both of your Facebook pages. Didn't take long on yours. It was no. like three, three pictures. <laughs> but yours, you know, I got to like 2013 when you bought it. I'm going through all those pictures like, dang. He's had this car forever. I've had it for a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. I might be coming up on being like the longest I've ever owned a car. It, yeah, I would bet so. I don't know how long you I have. You have nothing that'd be anywhere close to this as far as owning a car. 2013, man. That's the blue Audi I had for quite a while. Not. I don't remember how long I owned it. Seven years? No. No, probably not. At most seven. Because, yeah, you had it when I was in college. And then got yeah. rid of it right after, right before I graduated. So you would have had it probably... F- I think I had it for five. Five or six. Five or at six. At the most. It wasn't paid off very long before I got rid of it. I remember that much. Yeah. That thing was mean to you. Oh, so mean. It was mean to both of us. It wasn't so mean to me. No, to him, too. Oh, yeah. Well, he had to come pick me up more than once with it. With his Pontiac. No, with his, <laughs> with his Chevy. With a truck and trailer. With a truck and trailer. You mean a, a white uh, a knight in shining armor and his Chevy coming yes. to save you? Yes. Picking up a theme here. <laughs> I think I only ended up on a trailer once. What happened? What did you do with the Audi? I was twice, but I don't remember the second time. One time you were over. I the lost the there. yeah, and I lost the crank pulley. Remember that the crank yeah. pulley spun off. Was no it a, idea. Was it a Kia? Dude, there's just, so the there's only just, other car I've ever heard of that happen. So there's just four bolts that bolt the pulley that runs all the accessory yep. to the crank, right? Yep. And it just went... Gone. Gone. Weird. There were one bolt, one bolt was gone, yep. and the other three were sheared. Good grief. Yeah, somebody had been in that motor before and didn't get something tight or something. Me, I didn't get the... I probably didn't get it tight enough, apparently, after I put a timing belt in it. But that was like... 10,000 miles down the road. I figured I would have had trouble. I mean, it, I'll admit it was my fault. Fine, whatever. But 
that was totes my fault. It happens. But he had to come pick me up for that. Oh, was, and and I just realized that you're really bad with drain plugs. Because yes. you, you had your Cavalier that you ruined. I didn't ruin the Cavalier. You ruined the drain plug. No, I didn't. Well, what vehicle was that? Where the Montego. The Montego, where you crossed the, cross the thread of the drain plug. Yeah, but in all fairness, that era of drain plug and Fords, that was common. Because when I worked in the station back in the late 70s, and, and we had trouble. You could buy oversized uh, drain plugs to put in those things because they stripped out and stuff. Oh, man. So, Didn't you just like... But yours already had the yours already had the oversized drain plug in it, and you couldn't get any bigger. Oh shoot! So we ended up welding a, I think a nut on it, and then just put a bolt in it to, and then we had to you could drain it that way. Welded a nut to the backside. Welded a nut to the outside. Oh, and then just threaded the bolt all the way. And hey, if it works, it works. So we're welding this oh, this this awesome. nut on there, and there's enough. Uh, fuel emissions inside the crankcase <laughs> that it it burped one time just went woo <laughs> well, that was kind of exciting that was an interesting no more eyebrows that was, I was inside the was motor inside I mean nothing happened oh but, I thought I thought it pushed out no. that was a weird car huh. that was a beast that was of a vehicle. his mother's grandmother's yeah, car that was my great grandma's oh wow it was my first car a 70 Mercury Montego four door it's huge big as they come uh, yeah so I don't know so we talked about it a little bit last week and I don't know enough about it and I think they're interesting so let's talk about the Oakland because I remember you had one or I know you had. I don't remember it. I know you had one. How do you come across? What was it? First of all, it was a sixty or a fifty. It was a nineteen twenty seven Oakland coupe. And how do you come across something like that? Because you're the muscle car drag racing Actually, guy. Actually, pretty much. In I the don't remember exactly that. how it was. I had a sixty seven Firebird for sale, and somebody wanted the Firebird, and he had a boat for sale. And the guy who had the Oakland wanted the boat. So we ended up trading the Firebird and the boat, and then I ended up with the Oakland when it was all said and done. Okay. And we drove that for one summer, and I hated it. I absolutely hate it because you could only go go about 40 mile an hour. Oh, that's way more than I would have said. And they're a nightmare to start unless everything's just right because it's an updraft carburetor. Did you crank it? There was a crank, Did but you, I never had to crank it. So it had electric it start. Ha, it had, yeah, it had had a starter. Ooh, it's uptown. Fancy. And it was all restored, and it was all original, and, and it was a very nice car, but it just wasn't my thing. Nothing for you. And I was involved with, I'm still involved with the Pontiac Club, but I was involved with the Pontiac Club down there in Kansas, and a good friend of mine from down there in Kansas, his wife was born the same year that, that Oakland was built. Oh, and they had to have it, and they talked to me about it, and they wanted it, and we called them up, and this is what I want for it, and well, that's more than we wanted to pay, but okay, and, all it, right. and it went away. So that was all like standard drive configuration, right? Yeah. Manual? Four-speed manual. Synchronized? Uh, first wasn't, but I think the rest might have been. Yeah, that... Okay. 
and yes, you had a you had a crank that you could use. A six cylinder, four cylinder, four cylinder, six cylinder, a six cylinder. You're right. It was a six cylinder. So did that have did that have rubber hosing or was that like brass tubing? Like I thought it might be. No, it's not a brass era car. I mean, it's it's conventional hoses. It's and, new and, enough for that yeah. at least. But you know, with that updraft carburetor, what's oh, an, this? Literally sucks from the bottom. The carburetor is underneath the intake. Oh, weird! And the vacuum from the motor pulls the fuel through the carburetor and up through the intake and into the cylinders. Huh. Gee, I wonder why that didn't work well. That didn't catch on? All, <laughs> all, all the cars in that era had that, or a lot of them did. And like tractor technology, they did that all the way up through the 60s with gas engines. And when you have everything really? right, it works. Yep. But, huh. Yeah. So that is that like a flathead type of deal? That was a flathead, yeah. Okay. Those are very strange. Yeah. I know nothing about those yeah i don't really either the the generally the valves are next to the cylinder essentially the valves are alongside the cylinder yes and then the head has a port in it so that the valves can and so the the and the valves so the valves are in the block yes okay huh super weird but that did that have like siamese ports on it and stuff like that i've never been inside the motors i don't remember didn't remember that i know that like some of the Older Ford flatheads and stuff like that. They'll have like a flathead V8. We'll have three right. exhaust ports on it. Oh, weird. Because the sonar two are Siamese. Yep. And I'm sure that flows fantastic. I'm, I'm sure. They just make tons of horsepower. Yeah, great. With those. That's why they're so popular <laughs> still. Well, and Oakland so. was pre-Pontiac a year a year or two after that. Then Oakland went away completely because right. there was a few years there where there, where you could buy an Oakland or a Pontiac. You could go either direction, and then. Yeah, then the Oakland went away, and Pontiac just kept going from there. What a weird thing to end up with. Yeah. I, he, I never would have guessed that he would have this vehicle somehow, or something like it. Somehow, somewhere along the line, he had either a 240 or a 280Z. No, I had a Fair Lady, six, late <sighs> 60s Fair Lady. Okay, so it was even older than a 240. It, it, they were, they were a two-seater taste. convertible. They're but so no, good. no, 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 it gets worse. No, it doesn't get so worse. So he had this thing. I bought two of them. He bought two of I them. I bought two of them, and I put them in. Back then, you put things in the newspaper for sale, and yes. I put the, for sale, you know, dots and fair ladies. They were like 68 or 69 models. One of them was wrecked, One of them, but and one of them was decent body, but no, the drivetrain was bad or something like that. He had to have both cars to make one. So I got this ad in the newspaper. Hey, I got these cars for sale, and this guy calls me up out of the blue, and you have those two fair ladies? Yes, I do. Would you be interested in another one? Well, I'm trying to sell this one or these. Yeah, but if you come and get this, you can have it. Then, yeah, I want it. So he ended up with three of them. <laughs> so now I ended up with three of them. I love those cars. That's not it. That's it's earlier it. than that. It's earlier than this one. Okay, hold on. It, yeah. Not important. It looks kind of like a little Triumph convertible. I think it was like a 2000. No, it was not a GT2000. No, no, no. That's a Toyota, <laughs> Robbie. It's a different thing entirely. I don't know. He's had. Oh, all, here we go. He's had all kinds of weird It's a Datsun stuff. 2000. So good. Get a picture, Robbie? It's like a Triumph. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. He had three of them dang things. We could all take them racing together. Yeah, it would have been great, that wouldn't was, it? 
That would be perfect. That would make he, me so happy. He's got some Nissan blood in him, I guess. This one's got wheels similar to your Omni. I wish. Those were the ones I really wanted but couldn't afford. I believe that. They look fancy. Yeah, they're expensive. And we thought about fixing them because they're cute little cars. Super little, cool. Super little four-cylinder, four-speeds. Mom's you know? always had a convertible. That would have been great for her. But I was building drag cars. I needed money. Yeah, that's not really a drag car. Yeah, like that's, that's yeah, that's a little little road car. So when I built my my race car in the when I was racing in the eighties, of course, being a Pontiac nut and being a Firebird nut, back then you could go and find a sixty seven or sixty eight Firebird in somebody's backyard, and you had a hundred dollar bill in your back pocket, and you go <laughs> talk to them. Well, we want three hundred dollars for it. Well, I got a hundred dollars cash here, sold, and you'd buy these cars. And we, your mom and I figured it out in a two-year span. I partnered out, I think, 55, 67, 68, or 69 Firebirds. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> well, back then, you could sell the doors. You could sell the hoods. You right. could sell the fenders. People need now, it. they reproduce all that stuff. So right. You can't sell anything. You? But Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that paid for a lot of my toys. I just wish that that was still a thing. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I've done that kind like of with if, eBay and stuff, you know, but it's not I, the when same. When we were... When, when I was really little, it was we were either at the drag strip or we were at a swap meet. He was either spending the money or making the money. That was it's, kind it's of how perfect it how that system works. You've talked about talking to different places yeah, like in Des Moines more than once, and trying and trying to get so that you guys, so that the your generation can bring their cars and parts there. Because yeah, I understand you can sell things on eBay or or marketplace well, or something like that, but. Uh, the interaction that you get in a swap, I mean, if you guys you know, got it set up where you know, you had your Nissan parts there and your Mazda parts there and stuff like that, the stuff that's interested in, 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 in your buyer Generations. group, um, it's a good time. Well, and Adam, you've been to you – know, oh, I love it. 50 it's swap one of my meets. favorite things. Yeah. And, and I know that the swap meets are muscle car, stock car, drag car type items, but uh, I think – so I've noticed, you know, we're talking to a bunch of people, a couple of different friends have been buying stuff lately, a couple of different friends have been selling stuff lately. Everybody's fed up with it. It's a huge hassle. You talking about swap meets? No, buying stuff on through Marketplace or through Craigslist. They're, yeah, selling things is even worse because you'll post it. Right, selling fa- stuff yeah, especially. So like, for example, I got my that limited slip out of the 240 that I replaced with the 350Z limited slip. Right. So I have it on... on uh, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist for like 125 bucks, which I think is a pretty fair price. Right. But like you'll get people that text you like, I'll give you $50. I got I'll I got keep a, it for $50. I, hey, man, like I don't have any cash, but I got an Xbox 360 in like 12 games yep. that I haven't touched in six years. I'll give it to you. Sure, I, like, I like, saw one. But the, you go to a – you just take that and you take all the other crap you don't need and you take it to a swap meet and someone goes, I'll give you 100 bucks for it. Yeah, sure, whatever, here. Yeah, and they cash. walk away with it. Yes. It's gone. Yes. Well, and, and, like, and I genuinely think that it's getting to the point where I know lots of people who are just so fed up with marketplace and trying to sell stuff because people suck people. that they're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just not. I'm just going to throw it away. I have seen that you know? where people threw away good parts and like, because I they think, didn't want to deal with it. I think we're at a point where I, I think I could sway a lot of people into agreeing that Swap beats are cool again yeah. because you don't have to deal with so much bullshit. I did see an awesome interaction between someone on Craigslist the other day. Okay. They're selling something, and the guy asked who was in for trades. And he goes, well, maybe. 
And then he sends him a picture of a 10-foot alligator. He's like, you could have this. He had a pet alligator that he was trying to get rid of. Yeah, but for I, don't, I, like, I don't know what he was selling. I'm not buying, though. Like, I, don't, I don't need that. Probably happened in Florida. Well, I mean, where else? Yeah. But no, I'm in. I'm in on the. I'm in on the swap meets. I got. I, I got a bunch of parts. I'm trying to get rid of. One of these days, I need to just like send the Des Moines swap meet Facebook page a message and be like, "Hey, let's all meet up. This is who I am. This is my idea. Let's talk about it." I got a big yard. Let's all hang out. Well, I just think like <laughs> at the Des Moines swap meet. Yeah. Let's let's get a group of ten booths that are right next to each other, and we'll sell those out. And if I need more, I need more. Whatever. But like. You know, I realize that, that we could just, like, go to the swap meet. We could just be a part of it. Yep. But I think in order to get people to come around to the idea of being involved, they need we need to give them a space where they are together right. and advertise it as such. Yeah, I think so. So that, that people are like, you know what? This doesn't sound like such a bad idea. It might be kind of fun. I don't have anything going on that Saturday. Let's, you know, I, I remember when... Like when we were when, I mean, how many years were you in Wichita? Let's see, nineteen. I was in Wichita, nineteen eighty-five till what, two thousand fourteen? Yeah, probably. He had a booth in the same swap meet for that entire stretch of time, <laughs> and people knew to come back. There were a few years, you know, where like, like he might not have. Enough to fill a booth, so one of his other friends would come in and like. Right. You know, there, and, there was a group of six of us in the same area. So if if I didn't make it this year, right, then you know, vendor B. Well, I got extra stuff this year. I'll just sell out of your booth. Right. And like that might be what some of these people have to do to fill a booth space. Split it with your buddies. Yeah. Because the other thing is that when you have multiple people selling out of the same booth, as long as you mark everything on what you're willing to or on what you want for it. Yep. You can go walk around and look while your buddy's man in the booth. This would I'm surprised this isn't more popular at like the drift events. I just because think they break to, stuff all the time. Somebody needs to be the the, be the guy that, that yeah. has the trailer of stuff that and I just need to find the time. So everybody who's listening to this podcast, you need to start harassing Adam to get to get going on this. I don't have time. I like this guy. I don't have time. He gets it. And the other thing you need to remind people if they start coming to the swap meets to look at things, this is a cash deal. Leave your debit card someplace oh, yeah. else. That, that swap meet's fine. I'll, I'll give you that. At least you got the apps now. Yeah, but The I cash don't, apps. You don't, don't, do any, you don't do any of those? I don't want to deal with that at a swap meet. Oh, God. It's 2020. You can't do anything with cash. Watch me. Oh, man. I have, I have cash in my wallet right now. I don't know what to do with it. It's free money, Robbie. You know who knows about this? Not my bank Not account. Not your bank account. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> That only works if I'm buying things off Craigslist, though. Or a meal at Wendy's. No, then I have to carry change. That's that's the worst. My three-year-old loves change, though. Yes, but it's it's a hindrance to me. I give him change, and he goes <laughs> and he puts it in his Lightning McQueen thing, and then every once in a while he decides he wants to cash it all in, so we got to go to a coin star, and then he can buy a toy. I like it. See, I'm, I'm teaching him valuable or, life lessons. Or if you're like me, you just hang on to it and get a big bag of it. And then you forget to bring cash at a toll, and you just pay it on coins <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> so years ago, I was at a swap meet down in Wichita, and this is an in, was an indoor swap meet. It was in February, and I had a old 
tri-power intake. It's a three-two barrel intake for a 66 GTO. Yeah. And it was just intake only. It was bare. And this is back in the late 80s. These weren't worth anything at the time. I mean, now the now last, the, big money. The yeah, last tri-power intake that I bought, of course, it was complete carburetors and everything. I paid $1,700 for it. Ooh. But – so I had this tri-power intake there, and it was marked 50 bucks. And all it was, like I said, it's just a bare intake. Right. And this gentleman came and looked at it, and then he went away. Then he came and looked at it an hour later, and he talked to me then about it. Yeah. And then he went away. Then he came and looked at it again and went away. And then the last time <laughs> he came and looked at it, he starts talking to me. You got that marked at $50. Yep. Will you take less for it? Well, what are you offering? And right about then, another guy walked up behind him and listening to this whole conversation. And this guy and I, we haggle back and forth on this $50 intake, and I agree to let him have it for $35. Okay. And he's looking it all over and everything, and and he sets it down on the table, and and I don't know what I want to do. And that guy behind me gets handed across over the guy's shoulder, handed me a $50 bill, picked up the intake, and walked away. <laughs> It was Genius. phenomenal. Genius. That's the way to do it. Uh, Swamis are the best. I remember we used to like set up, we would bring the RV and the enclosed trailer that we had, right? Yep. And you'd set that up long ways in the booth or booths in, the, in some of these circumstances. And then you set up all the tables in front of that stuff. And then me and dad and a couple of dad's friends would all go down there and we'd just stay in the RV. And like in the morning, they would like make breakfast in the yeah. RV. Dude, it was so much fun. It was the best. Those, there, there are some multiple uh, swap meets out there, multiple day swap meets yeah. out there for you guys to get started in. And I really think you should because it's a lot of fun to talk to people who have like interests. Yeah, that's the other thing. You it's can a have a lot of good people. conversations. Yeah. It's a good place to meet people. It's just a good, it's something to do. But, uh, you know, the, these one day events like you have, what, in May in Des Moines or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think you could work with the with the people that I, I think they'd love to have you if given so the chance. Too. They don't know how to deal with some of the stuff you have because they're probably my age type people. Right. And that's why I think circle track or, or, or muscle cars or something. That's like why that. I think if I reach out to them and I tell them, you know, this is who I am. And it, yeah, and yeah, it, 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 it's going to take the media that you guys are so familiar with to get some people there right. to actually do this. Right. So, yeah, I think it'd be a wonderful idea. Yeah. So, 1010's podcasters, Adam Nielsen. <laughs> He's been talking about it for years. I have been. I think it was even on my bucket list. I think it was. We need to go back and revisit that. Yeah, probably. Time to update that. One of these days. You need to start knocking, the, knock, yeah, knocking them off, man. Start so. adding some more crazier ones. I don't know. What else? What else you got, Robbie? You still drag racing? Yes. There's a, a local track that just opened up two years ago near where I live now. It's an eighth-mile track. And I'd been out of racing for years because where we lived was just several hours to get to a drag strip. And it's just – it's not fun. I get that. And <laughs> so get that. Um, and, Robbie, you probably understand this as much as anybody. When you're going to the track alone all the time – which I would have been doing in where I'm living at. Yep. It's not a lot of fun. But now we got this track close to us, and I know people there. So I bought a little. Um, it's a 32 Bantam altered, and it's only it's short. It is only like 14 foot long. It's just a motor transmission rear end and a body and a cage. But it's a hoot. 
It, it, it has no electronics in it. There's no, you know, all the stuff that people can use for drag racing and stuff. I got none of that. Good. I love it. It's one of the, like, favorite. Like, he didn't, the, the Tempest had, like, a delay box and yeah. a trans brake yeah. and all these fancy electronics. And, like, this one, he has to foot brake yes. and stuff like that. And, like, he had to relearn it all. That's awesome. Which is. That's fun. So, for, isn't this the first car you've had that you actually, like, do a rolling burnout? <clears throat> Yeah, you don't have any front brakes on this car, so when you do your burnout, <laughs> you 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 roll through the water box and then roll past the water box a little bit, and then you just stand on it and, and the tires start spinning, and then all of a sudden they bite because once they get warm the, yeah. and the and the water's off it, then they bite, and it launches you across the starting line. So then you have to back up. Most cars they set their front brakes with a, with a tra- with a uh, line lock. Yep. And do their burnouts, and then once the tires are good and hot and it's smoky, then they let go of the line lock and, and do a burnout up to the line. Yep. Where with this car with no front brakes, I have to go across the line and then back up. Which he's never had to do before. Right. So silly question for someone that's never done it. How do you know when your tires are heated up enough on a burnout? On this car, when you do the burnout, when you got a wet tire, it sits there and spins. Correct. And once it dries out, which it does very, very fast, yep. then all of a sudden it hooks and it's gone. So as soon as you start to feel it moving forward, right. then you know, I got grip. It's time to race. And, you know, the drag cars where you're just rolling forward and stuff like that, it's just, well, last week I, you know, brought it to 5,000 RPM for five seconds and then rolled forward and, and, it, and, it, and it hooked. I mean. Okay. That seems like enough smoke in my car. We'll call that good. Yeah. That's, I think that's what it is for a lot of them. <laughs> The fans probably enjoyed that enough. Let's move yep, forward yep. before I need to buy a new set of slicks. I figured it was something as simple as that. I've just never really thought about it. The truth of the matter, to it. the truth of the matter is the burnouts and the launch and everything else don't matter. That's that's yeah. the only thing that's fun. That's what he's always <laughs> said. You, you know, doing the burnout and the launch, the rest of it's just circumstance. Yeah. So when I had the other drag it. car, which I don't have, I don't have this right now. I had what's called a trans brake. Yep. And there's a little button on the steering wheel, and you do your burnout. And you pull up to the line, and you put your finger on the tra- on the button on the steering wheel, and it locks your transmission in reverse and low gear at the same time. Okay. And then you mat the gas pedal. And then whatever your torque converter is, if you have a 3,500 stall or a 4,500 or a 5,500 stall, let's say you have a 4,500 stall converter, as long as you get your finger on the button and you mat it, your motor is going to sit there at 4,500 RPM. <laughs> And then as the Christmas tree comes down, you let go of that button, and it launches now. Because now you're launching an automatic car at 5,000 RPM. Awesome. So it's like really rudimentary launch, launch control. Launch control, yeah. So that's the original launch control. I've never done a launch-controlled launch. I don't know that I have either. I don't. I never got to make a – so he had a passenger seat in the Tempest. Yep. And it had belts, but I never got to make a pass in it. Most tracks won't let passengers go down the track. Yeah, but you'd, like, have, you'd have we to went do, to you'd, a, you'd have to do it on a, on the a back, back road yeah. somewhere. Yeah, but we went to a couple of tracks that would have let you. I'm I'm not real sure that Humboldt would have had a problem with it. Yeah, there's no back way in they the day. Had a problem with it. <laughs> but I I I don't know that I've ever done like an actual launch controlled launch either. I don't no. think I have. So it looks like fun. I try it. Yeah, I'm up. So somewhere down the road, I think Adam needs to show up, and we'll put him in my little roadster and let him go down the track with that. I love this. I that's on my bucket list is to have him do that. Oh, I see how it is. Yes, that's my bucket list. I'm going to put you in it. 
I would love to. We'll go. We'll go to a test it too, and I'll put you in it. I'll pay. I don't care. That yeah. sounds awesome. It would be fun, and that thing will run. We can run circles all day long with that thing. We're talking about the the yeah. Okay, what car? Like what? What car is that? It was based on a Bantam. Okay, so we can just call it the Bantam. So, if I, you, so I know what we're talking about. If you looked at a Bantam, <laughs> yep. you would be like, "Where? Where is Bantam in that?" You can maybe see it in the rear. We just were at a car show here two weeks ago, and they had an all original forty one Bantam, which it's the same body. The one in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Really? And that Bantam, an original Bantam, ain't much bigger than this table. It's yeah, dude. crazy. <laughs> you would never guess that that's where they came they, from. They just like it just, it it's it's a pretty radical. But it's like uh, for the longest time, I didn't know what a Fiat Topolino looked like. I know what it looks like as a fuel alter. <laughs> but I don't know what it actually looked like until somewhat recently. Well, back in the day, the drag racers would find the smallest, lightest cars they could, and put a bit, put you know. Cut the nose off. Cut the nose off. And, 18 yeah. inches. <laughs> and, and, and add motor to it and go down the track. And that kind of ca- caught on. And the one that I have, I mean, it's just a fiberglass body. It's not an actual Bantam. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, you can buy these open cockpit cars. You can get a 27. I know they make a 27T car that you can make a, a roadster race car out of. And, I mean, there's a few others. The 40 Willys. The 40 Willys and the uh, Ford... Anglias and, yes, and the Anglias. stuff like that. They were real small, lightweight, compact cars back in the 30s and 40s when they were built. And drag racers loved them because you could put stuff, a motor in the front, and, and you had a car that weighed, you know, with a motor in it, you know, 2,200 pounds or whatever, and you go racing. And that, that's what kind of morphed into the gassers and stuff like that. But that's just, you know. So in his Bantam, you're just in front of the rear end, right? I'm in front of the rear end, yes. But just. So, so, is it, so the, yeah, so the rear end is like right in front of your feet or right below? No, it's right behind your butt. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. I'm just I'm, barely I'm, in I'm, front I misunderstood of what you're saying. Okay. So I looked at a car years ago, or you look at a early front engine dragster. In fact, I even helped, I even, uh, helped build one for a customer years ago. When you sit in them, yep. you sit your butt down. And the pumpkin is right by your junk. Yeah. And your legs are going up over the axle. You got to have your knees bent to get I, up and I've, over. Yep. I've seen, I've seen those pictures. Yeah. We kind of talked about it a little that's bit. That's a special kind of crazy. It seems like it, but have you ever seen one come apart? You know, those cars are so light and you got everything so heavy duty inside there and stuff. I've never heard of any of those coming apart. Now, I have heard years ago because they used to run some of those with, uh, with a clutch. And I have heard of of oh, uh, that's scary. Yeah, you know, have clutch, clutch pieces flying. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, in fact, a very famous drag racer, Don Garlitz, years and years and years ago, had a front engine. Was that a front? Yeah, front engine dragster. And I think that was an automatic, but the flywheel area shattered, and it cut that car in half. It cut somebody's arm off or some crazy thing. I think he lost part of a foot on that. As I, I know that there was a spectator that like got seriously injured in it. Oh, easy. And then Don Garlitz like ended up going and like finding this guy and yeah. making friends with him and like put him on his pit crew for like a couple of races or some crazy thing. Huh. He talks about it in his Dinner with Racers uh interview. Awesome. So, so I've seen that with the drifters where the flywheels will go through the Bell housing or the yeah, through, yeah a lot of times it comes out through the passenger seat because that's the way it spins. You know, I was uh, at a drag race 
in Kansas years ago, and this was an original or uh, uh, in a stock class. You know, they have different classes depending how fast you go, and it was either high school class or it was just basically their their stock class. And the kid had a '69 or '70 Mustang. I don't remember exactly, and his and he was a stick and. He did the burnout and rolled up to the staging, and he launched. And when he launched, the flywheel shattered. Oh, oh my God! And it took the master cylinder off the off the Whoa. firewall and come through the hood and scattered all kinds of shrapnel into the stands. But nobody actually got hurt from oh, it. Oh wow! Man, that's Lucky. scary. So yeah, that's why they make scatter shields. Yep, SFI rated scatter shields. Yeah. So on your on your. Uh, I already forgot the name. Oh, uh, Bantam. Bantam. We just called it the altered. I was, was going to say Banshee. I knew that was wrong. We called it the, the Bantam. altered. Yeah, it's an altered. So it says six point eight six on the front. So like, is that's in the eighth mile? So that's that's what you're trying to. That's match. his dial in. Okay, that's, that's his my goal. dial in. Gotcha. That means I say it can make the, the eighth mile in six point eight six seconds. And so if you do it if in six point eight five, if I do it in six point eight five, I'm out. That's too fast. It's too fast. Oh, eight seven. Yeah, yeah sorry. that's good. <laughs> Go in the other fine. direction. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You can't go too fast, though. Okay. So the other part about that is is that from the time the light turns green yep. to the time you cross the finish line is the time that's being measured. Right. Not necessarily the time you're going. Right. So the light turns green and you sit there for half a second, and the other guy that you're racing, the light turned green, and he sat there for a tenth of a second. Yep. He's already four-tenths ahead of you. He's four-tenths ahead of you. Right. So... And that's, that's the hard part. Yeah, so your reaction time comes and down to it. And if you react too fast, the tree will automatically sense that you reacted too fast, nope. and it'll give you a red light, and you're then done. Then you're done. And then the other guy wins, even yep. if his motor blows up. Yep. Because Dan's done that. I've, I think I've seen that before where the, where the, let's say, driver on the right screwed up. The driver on the left had his engine blow up. But then so the driver on the left got moved to the next round, but then he can't do it. He did that. He did that in Amarillo. With the Tempest. I did that in Ennis, in Ennis Texas. At, at oh, the, there you go. Yeah. There was some Pontiac race or something like that we were down there um, for. So is that... The guy that I was racing, he red lit, and I blew up at the 60-foot. <sighs> Scattered motor all the way down the track. No, I didn't go all the way down the track. But um, drag racer courtesy, if you have a motor or transmission that scatters, instead of going down the middle of the track, you Get immediately off go off to the one side or the other yep. so that you're not oiling where everybody That's wants to drive. general racing. Yeah, course, road racing is that way, too. Sure. That's Adam. highly encouraged in driver meetings and whatnot. Yep. So. Yeah, Adam goes over it at Grid Life yeah. pretty well. Well, it's because they, they, they do it all the time. <laughs> that really isn't <laughs> an issue. Damn time attack, yeah, kids. Like, we haven't had that too much of an issue yet. Yeah. But. So. Yeah, I basically, uh, I basically copy his driver meetings. That's probably fair. <laughs> So, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show, like having the car that got away. Ooh. Okay. And, you know, we always talk about when we're older, we're, we're going to regret having sold something because now it's worth crazy money or it's super rare or it's... Sentimental. You know, whatever. What is the car that got away for you that, that if you would still have, you'd be sitting on my inheritance? The, the one that this kid made you sell. Hey, not, whoa. Not directly, hey, but whoa. it's his I don't think I've ever fault. been the fault of selling anything. I never had any cars that were just the ultra, ultra rare cars, but I've owned uh, three 70 Chevelle Super Sports, which are fair market value today. Yeah, pretty, pretty up there. I've owned uh, 
I'll never three sixty-five GTOs, several sixty-six GTOs. Of all the cars that I have that have a the 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 biggest value, the one that I'm restoring right now that seventy Trans Am is probably right. Now I've had cars that I that I sold that I wish I had not because they're worth so much back then, just because. Like I the El Camino? I, I had a 67 El Camino that I should not have sold. Or the 59? The 59 El Camino got wrecked. Yeah, I probably should have kept that one, too. <sighs> I love those things. Yeah. Because not only is it an El Camino. Yes. And it's basically a small pickup truck. Yes. Which I love. I understand. The 59s had wings, Robbie. All right, hold on. They had wings, Robbie. Like, like the Cadillacs. So it doesn't get any better than a '59 El Camino. Well, and you go look at you go look at hot rods, custom cars, so on and so forth. Right. There's a an alarming amount of cars that have the '59 and '60 dash is pretty much identical to each other. There are a lot of cars out there that have that '59 and '60 dash grafted into them. God damn, Robbie! Look at that. I thing. know. I know. I loved the '59 El Camino. I get it. It's so good. It is good. It's- he, you could have had one just he waiting in a garage. One. No, I didn't crash it. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I know the story. It's for off the podcast. It's fine. <clears throat> but uh, that, like, of the cars that I know, that's that's, that's the one. Or his blue '67 Firebird. The one you remember was '68. Okay, I don't know why the headlights were slightly that was different. Like, the first car that I was sentimentally attached to, or emotionally attached to, yep. as a child, he. I don't know. You didn't like the '54 that I had, the Star Chief. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was way after the. Oh yeah, the fire. He had a '54 Pontiac Star Chief, which had an inline V8, straight eight. Or sorry, an inline eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a V. Right, right, straight eight. So it's got an. It's got eight cylinders, but they're in a line. So it's freaking like the longest nose in the world. Yeah, it was huge. And I, did it have power steering? I would. I hope remember so. it having just like the biggest steering wheel in the yeah, world. Yeah, I don't think it had power you're steering. Like <laughs> this. Once you're rolling, it <laughs> like was fine. Bus, but, you're right? but yeah. you're like driving down the road like this. That's hilarious. And that there was more chrome on the front bumper on that, or not the front bumper in the front grill of that thing than there is in twenty of any new cars that are made today. Oh, so much chrome. So good. The the Indian head on the center of the hood yep. at the top, if it if it's an illuminated one, then yep. it was the eight cylinder, right? Right. And if it's just a chrome one, then it's the six cylinder. Illuminated like just a yellow light. So it's an it's, amber. It was an amber light, light it looks inside like, there. Kind of like a turn signal, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just an amber light. Yeah, so that's what this one looks like. Yep. So that's an eight cylinder. Yeah. You see the, the see orange. Amber yep, there? yep. Yep. So that's an eight cylinder. Huh. Quirky. These are strange things. I don't need to know. But you do. But I do. Because <laughs> we had one of those for... Well, I bought it right, cleaned it up, had fun with it for a season or two. And we had it for it. a while when we lived in Sheldon. You drove it a lot. Yeah. It was a good car. It was a dependable it. car. Yeah, it was but It was a brute, man. Oh, it was sure. huge. And then That's we, when we were in Sioux City, I had the opportunity to buy a Metropolitan Nash. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That was kind of a weird one, too. Wasn't that just like at the end of a driveway and you drove by there and like, oh, that's strange, like turned around and ended up buying yeah. it? Was was out in front of their place for, for three hours and I bought it. 
<laughs> That's awesome. What a weird car. Right? They look like a bathtub. The, yeah. Like and a, they're like not a, really like a, that much bigger than and a they're bathtub. Not, and they're not they're much tiny. bigger than this table either. Yeah, they're super tiny. I don't know that I ever... There it is. I don't know that I ever even got to see that. I've never seen one in person. It. I've seen pictures. I think you may have moved that so quickly that I never saw it. It's like a small meal. We had it for a summer and then... I had I the I took it that long. I took it to a swap meet in in Nebraska and and sold it and, and yeah it was it's it was just a nice car it's just a two seater right my eyes are yeah it's a two seater but there was a it's not really a back seat there's just a back it's a shelf back shelf here. like shelf the Audi it's yeah. a back shelf okay I don't even think it's like the Audi I think it's literally a shelf I, was there even a footwell in the back. I don't think so. I think it was just a shelf. I don't remember exactly. So is that like a it kind of, weird you know, so three cylinder like BS? That had a four cylinder in it. That was uh, it was a British motor in there, like an Austin Healey or a Triumph oh, or really? something like that. I don't remember anymore. But a little weird. four cylinder, um, manual transmission, and that was not on the floor. That was kind of in the deck. It was weird. Wasn't on the tree. It was on the tree, but it wasn't on the steering column. Or maybe it was. It was just there was something different. Huh. There were some dials and stuff, and it was completely – you had to learn how to operate that car. It wasn't the same as uh, – That's so funny. I don't – maybe I did drive it. You know what? I think I took Katie out in it once. Yeah, you probably did. I think we just like did a loop and came back, and I was like, well, that was enough of that. You had it that recently? That's, yeah, it was in – Within five years. Wow. Yeah. He moves through stuff, man. I know. I Every know. time I go home, he's got, he got something, something new. He he's moved one thing and replaced it with another. That's the dream. It's so. That's, f- that's my retirement plan. Because, like, what is that nasty looking purple thing you got right now? It's blue. And it's a gr- <laughs> Get your eyes checked. <laughs> and it's a 70, 74, 75 grand. I don't even know what year it is. It's a grand am. <laughs> it's hideous. No, they're neat cars. It's not that. It's, it's not. 74 grand damn. It's not good, Robbie. I don't like it. It's not factory moonroof in it. Do you have any it's of your 74? besides the I don't the have any internationals scout? right now, except the Scout. Except for the one Scout. Yeah. So that's the only one that's left. Yeah. Okay. I like the Scout. I can never keep keep up with that either. Because for a while Wait. there, he had like a whole collection of old international pickup trucks. Which one, the hard top or the soft top? That's, that's the Scout. It, yep. it has both. That's removable. You can, oh, you that's can, perfect. Yeah, you can remove the top on that. They actually. So if I mean, if you're really, if you're really intrepid, there you go. They have that's the picture I sent him. Yeah. Uh, so they have that where. So they have no top. They have the top that you saw, and then there is one that extends it all the way to the end, like a suburban or like or a, a topper, yeah, or yeah, yeah, like a full topper. And then I think that there's a jumper seat you can put in the back. Is there not? Yeah, when you have the full length top. Like this one here, it's just got the pickup top on it, and it's got a it's got a a, a a wall that goes from the top right behind the seats all the way down, so it's enclosed. The it's cab's enclosed in there. Whereas like if you have if you have the like full length top, then you can take that that partition out because the passenger seat flips forward, so you can get into the in and out of the like an avalanche. Seat. Yeah, no, because it's only got two doors. Oh, and then. Uh, uh, yeah, and then they have a, a seat that you know a back seat that goes in those things. So Working on internationals is difficult because, like, mid year they'll just like change parts <laughs> because they were just such a small company that yep, was yep. doing such weird things. Well, it, you, uh, for instance, you decide you have to put points in your international, and you go to the local parts store and say, "I need a set of points for a '67 international." 
Is it a Chrysler distributor? Is it a Presto Light distributor? What do you have? <laughs> I don't know. Give me both. I'll bring one. I, I need an alternator for my international. Is it a Chrysler alternator? Is it a, G, a, a Delco alternator? I mean, that's what uh, international did. And when I restored this, this is completely restored. Um, the motor that's in it is a four-cylinder. They made a small four-cylinder and a little bit bigger one, and I found the bigger one, and I rebuilt that. And then this one, this one has the rare ultra rare four speed transmission instead of three speed which okay Whoa. whatever i can't imagine how terrible the three speed is cuz that thing dude it, it's, it runs good with the four cylinder it'll it. do 70 yeah it was not happy about it i mean it does fine but i can't imagine with a i don't think you could with a three speed i think this thing is easier to get off of a stop sign and stuff with the four speed than the three speed because you of your you know your your gearing differences i don't even know that i use first when i drive it but uh, so I rebuilt all this, and halfway through, or body body work's pretty much done, and all that stuff. I find a, a, a '69 Scout yeah. with a 266 V8 with a four speed. I thought, great! I'll put this four this eight cylinder in mine <laughs> instead of the four cylinder. Yeah, well, I can see why International no longer makes vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> the radiator support was different. The framing on the front is different. The firewall is different. The pan inside that goes around your shifters and stuff like that, because that's removable uh-huh. in this truck, is different. What a pain. And like the radiator support is welded in. It's not like you can unbolt it. And no. Convert it. So it, the only way you could do this thing is completely tear a truck that I had all painted and ready to go to pieces. And, and uh, it's dumb. Can you imagine being a body guy oh, and trying to deal with that? That would be a nightmare. Because it. Like, they would just change stuff. And good luck finding any level of documentation. Yep. Yeah, so you have to have, like, a full spreadsheet of just everything that you put into it. So when you need to replace it, you already know what it is. If you buy a Scout to restore it, just just uh, keep in mind you better find two more for parts because it's going to take three to make one. And you better try and find the same year because yep. if it's one year newer or older, it's probably different. Yep. So was this the one that originally had the cracked block? So I bought this out of South Dakota. It had been licensed last in 1972, and it's a 67. So it was on the road oh, wow. for five years. Oh, wow. Killing it. And it had a 152 cubic inch four-cylinder in it with a hole in the side of it big enough I could stick my hand in. So I just assumed <laughs> that somebody let the thing freeze and the block cracked and that yep. popped out. And it, when I bought the truck, it came with another motor in the bed. Okay. That so, seems to be a theme for you guys. So I pulled hey, whoa. for all of us. Hey, whoa. For all of us. I pulled the, the dead motor out of it, and as I'm pulling it out of it, it pours out antifreeze all over the ground. So that's not what happened. They ventilated the block from the inside, not from, from water freezing. Right. Put the other motor in it and start working on the truck and don't know where it'd been or what ha- happened or anything like that. Pulled the front differential cover off, dropped the oil out of it, put new oil in it, went to the back. Drop that differential cover off, and the pin going through the 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 uh, um, what do I want to say the differential inside. Yeah, yeah. That differential inside was shattered. <sighs> How do you shatter a differential underneath a four wheel drive truck with a four cylinder motor? It's not just a differential, but isn't that like a Dana? <laughs> it, it's a Dana thirty five. So it's like a real dip. Yes. It's not like some drinky dink piece drinky of junk. Dink bullshit no, porcelain thing like it's it's the real deal it's what people put in like real 
off-road rig. So apparently somebody was out doing something really stupid with this thing and got it stuck and get, and kept screwing around till they shattered the rear end and then got mad and just matted the gas pedal and blew it up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On a truck that wasn't very old at the time. Not at all. Five-year-old truck. <laughs> Not at all. And then, it, But that was... That was kind of the reason that it was restorable. Yeah. Because those don't survive. No. They're so rough. The first-gen scouts are all rusty. The gas tank is immediately behind the driver's door or the passenger door or both, depending on how you ordered it. You could get a gas tank on either side. <laughs> Great. So the gas tank is in front of the rear wheels. Okay. So they don't have any kind of a plate or anything between the gas tank and the rear wheel. So as you're driving down the road and through the mud and stuff like that, you're throwing mud, dirt, gunk up between the gas tank and the fender. Uh huh. They all rust out. And they all yep. rust out. Every last one of them. It's like a 99 Cavalier. Oh, my gosh. And this one was sitting for so long, and it was, you know, dry Nebraska uh, climate and... It was really, I mean, we took the gas tanks out of the sides and filled in the holes and everything because I moved the gas tank to the, to the bed, yep. underneath the bed, which they have this huge space behind the rear end to put it up in the frame rails there. <laughs> I don't know why International didn't go, hey, let's put the gas tank here. This makes perfect sense. Didn't somebody make that tank? Like, isn't that a tank yeah, for I'd, a Scout? The, the, there's a company out in Oregon that, that sells International Scout parts, and this was a retrofit tank that they designed huh. to go in that lovely space behind the rear end, right between the frame rails. Brilliant. And the other thing is, if somebody runs into you, you got the frame to protect the gas tank from going boom. Yeah, whereas, if you get T-boned, not good. it's the yeah. Pinto all over again. So, hilarious vehicles. Yeah, there's always something. I like how it looks. It's a fun little truck. Oh, so, it's super fun. I love a- Adam used it to go to a, a car cruise in a town one night. I've heard. I remember this. And he come back and he come up with a revelation that every high school kid should have have to drive either an old pickup or an international scout that would stop people from texting. You can't while you're driving. You can't text and drive with that. That's a, that's a full time steering on that thing. Full time job driving. That. Isn't this one that has such play that you were like? Oh yeah, you can do full like, turn. You'd be like twenty degrees. Oh, isn't that bad? Left to right, and it doesn't even wiggle. <laughs> it's got a rag joint that needs replaced. It's fine. It happens. Isn't that what it is? There's some some joint in the No, the front end's a little loose. The the gearbox's a little loose. It's not rack and pinion, I don't think, is it? No. (laughs) Oh. Manual brakes, or does it have a brake booster? It's manual brakes, but it's been converted to the dual master cylinder because it originally had a single. And power steering? No. No No power steering. uh, You complained about the the lack of power steering. I think so. And, like, it's synchronized, but not, like, the best. No. It's synchronized, but not first. First gear's not... I think that's why I don't use first. <laughs> okay. Just you have to, to be like sub five mile an hour or won't go into first. Yeah, basically at the stop sign. And you really don't need it. It's super low geared. Yeah. I just don't think I... Well, yeah, be top out around 70. Yeah. Do you even know if the four-wheel drive works on there? I've never tried it. It's got three sticks in the center. <laughs> He's never pulled on any of the other two. <laughs> I mean, it's all new, but yeah, I've never tried it. Because so. it's got... Yeah, I guess, to go yeah, from you, second, you from two wheel drive to four wheel. Well, drive, you know, high you buy range. you buy a vehicle and you get it on the road, you get it running and everything, and and it really looks bad. So, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and paint it and then use it for a regular truck. And then all of a sudden, it looks so nice after it's painted. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't do that. So one of it's my, never been out in the snow. It's no. never been out in the. One of my college roommates yep. went to school for 
auto body and was living in Sioux City after college. Yeah. And he had made friends with my dad. And my dad had this thing. And Ben at the time was working for like this place. like The place that he worked at restored like Maseratis for Tim Allen. Right. Like they don't do things just kind of okay. No, it's, it's, like, it's top have, of the line. They have 100 shop. point concourse pebble beach cars that have come out of that shop. Right. And then my dad's like, I don't really want you to spend too much. Just like, can I, you know, get it close and that's fine. That's yep. not what happened. It's perfect almost. He did a phenomenal job on the body work and stuff, but I had someone else paint it. And quite frankly, I it's it's a fun truck. Oh, it's so oh, much fun. Oh, yeah. I love driving it. Driving it around Sioux City, you know, a town of 70,000 people. It's a hoot to drive around town. It's complete terror to drive it on a road 65 mile an hour or faster, though. And you never see another one? No. But if you bought a Bronco or a Blazer, there'd be two more at every show you go to. Well, it's a Jeep, but it's, you know, you don't you don't see these. No. But it, it, it's the same body as the early Jeeps or the early Broncos. I mean, it's the same size. Same, similar shape. And They're really dimensions. short, really small. So much fun. The second, the Scout 2s, yep. not as good. No? No, because they're way bigger. Oh, I don't agree that they're not as good, but yeah, no they, are, they, are, they are. They are a bigger body style. These are so much cooler. I don't care what anybody says. That's because you like little trucks. Well, the Scout Two is a way more popular platform. Really? Oh yeah, way more. Oh, so I'd, I'd pick this one. Oh, these are super rad. I love it. Yeah, I like, the, my, I like the smaller it's one. It's probably one of my favorite vehicles he's ever owned. I keep threatening to sell it, but I just, I know. Unequivocally, don't miss it. That two days after he sells it, he'll be mad at himself about it. There's this little S10 he had, this first gen square body S10, yeah. And he still kicks himself about selling it like every other day. <laughs> it's not going to be any different. He's going to miss it. I just know it. Yeah. Yeah. The way he talks about it, this one, it's special. This and the and the Trans Am, those are the keepers. Yep. So. Well, your mom thinks that if I ever sold the formula, I'd be really upset with myself, too. Before you bought the Trans Am, I could see that. But it's kind of weird to have a 72 or whatever Trans Am and a 76 formula that are both kind of the same. But that 76 formula I have has the motor. Yeah, you won't do that drive train, this one. And it just – it is so much fun to drive. I mean, it, it's – it it – it has more torque, more power than you could ever. That car, I don't remember him never owning. He's okay. had it that the, long. This, this is the one that's been around. Like, that has so moved with us through is, four is this states. The, yeah, is this the numbers matching or no, the one that you've no, been trying to no, find the right? That's no, the blue could, car. I, I, this one, I don't gotcha. even care about that. Okay, but, okay. Okay, so I have this 76. It has a 455 in it, kind of. <laughs> and... and uh, it's it's built. It's got aluminum heads on it. Yeah. It's got you know a Holly carburetor on it, headers. It's got uh, um, a Tremec five speed in it. It's basically the drag car motor with better it, heads, it's, isn't it's, it? It's, it? It has the potential to be a good drag car vehicle, but I've never put a cage or anything in it. And I can drive it anywhere. I can drive it in Sioux City in hundred degree weather. It takes it. It don't care. Um, and then I you know I have this and I have that two thousand one. A Trans Am Firehawk. Yes. And right. Yes. You're right. Love it. And I'll agree that there's nothing better than an LS motor. But the <laughs> Yes. But Damn it. the difference between 
the LS motor has power and it, it's a fun car and everything like that. Yep. That formula, you get those muscle cars, the torque that you get out of those things, it's completely different power. Yeah. Um, I know you haven't had much opportunity to ride in, in, in like a big block Chevelle or, or no, something really. like my formula. You need to experience that because it, it's a complete different if, it's if, a complete different sensation than what you can get out of an LS motor. If you, really, if you, really if you move where you're claiming you're going to move to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be traveling down. I'm going to make you give me a ride in these cars. He drives right by there on his way to his in-laws. Yeah. And if I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not against taking a stop and taking less but time. You've driven in-laws. it, you've ridden in it. Don't you agree? The, oh, absolutely. The torque on these on those that cars car, is just so different. Like, than oh, yeah. it's it's smoky tires on demand. Perfect. Just like the lightest tap of the loud pedal, and there's just just just, just this, this big smile and a big thing of smoke. Was that the one I almost put in the ditch? The formula. When I was like 16, you made oh, me. Oh, I had a 79 Trans Am, a white one. You, he made me like, I had, like, I think we were coming home from the driver's license station. I had, and he made me drive that. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm King big, shit. tough Mr. 16 year old. And I just about put it in the ditch. Every, hey, come on hard. Every person should be required to drive a stick. Yes, I don't disagree uh, with I that. I completely agree with that. But. Yeah, the power comes on hard with those. No, it's quite the ride. Yeah, no, I get it. Learn, learning to drive with a Volkswagen Jetta or a Malibu is not not teaching anybody yeah. anything. The, when you did driver's ed, didn't they have... When I did driver's ed with six weeks of driver's ed, three weeks with an automatic car, three weeks with a stick. That is awesome. Did you have something silly? Except the thing that I had with a stick was a little Ford Mercury Bobcat, which is a Pinto. Oh, <laughs> I thought you had something silly for your... No, I bought a car, a 1969 Impala, when I was in high school. It's a 69 Impala. It was a 427 four-speed car. Bench seat. As big as a room in a house. I mean, they're huge cars. Nice sofa. And... Going through some of the history on that car, that car was sold out of an auto dealership in a town 20 miles away, but for the first summer before it got sold, that town used that car for driver's ed. (laughs) So we have 15-year-old kids learning how to drive a 69 Impala with a 427. That is awesome. (laughs) That's the best. I learned it in Malibu. And you never learned with a stick, did you? No. No. I, yeah, well, I learned in my dad's TDI Jetta, which is the most forgiving clutch I've ever driven. I learned in a Chevy Love in our pasture. A millennial yep. auto deterrent. Yeah. Theft deterrent. Theft deterrent. Absolutely. Because I think that was what I learned how to drive a stick on. Chevy Love. Was the love. Yeah. In, in the pasture. Wasn't, so I wrecked that. Yeah. And that was like the one part you needed to make the other one. There was a front had. bumper that I wanted off that to put on another one that I was putting together. And, right. And you tore that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put it in a fence. And Don't. then not too long after your Montego, because you didn't have the Montego very long. I only had it six months. And then we get you that Ford Escort the that Escort. had that five-speed in it. Yeah. And you really learned to love the sticks with that Escort. That was the Montego until the Blazer was the only thing I'd ever owned that was not a manual transmission. And I only had that six months. Right. And well, then, you had that you had that escort for quite a while though. Right. I had the escort and the Cavalier and then the two Audis and yep. the S10, all of those were manuals. So, the Blazer was the first thing I I bought, you yep. that wasn't a manual. So you want to hear hear something really sad about all this? Yes. His significant other 
doesn't know how to drive a stick. We've Does talked yours? Broke. I don't she, know. She could hop in the 240 today and like take it. Farm. Yeah, she could drive a tractor. She could drive a yeah, skiddler. She could drive fair. anything with a clutch. That's fair. She's a Missouri farm girl. But like, I can't teach Katie. <laughs> yes, you can. No, I no, cannot. No. This would That's be the perfect idea. YouTube video. No, he, or even you probably, who would be actually probably be better, could teach Katie. I could be patient. But here's the thing. Or not. I haven't had a vehicle that I've... Because like I wasn't going to put her in a TT. That's no. got a $2,000 clutch in it. And I wasn't going to put her in the S10 because... No. That S10 was a phenomenal vehicle to run the stick in. Yeah, though. it probably would have been all right. That'd be the, of the options... I mean, I if I have to teach one. her right now, what am I going to put her in? A Hawk? The Scout. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the problem is that I just haven't had the right vehicle. Yeah, you kind of need a forgiving one. Or at least one that... Or not something stupid. We put her in the Scout. She'll never drive a stick again. Right. She won't either. Yes, they both, she won't anyway. Both mine are like six pucks, so that's not going to work. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to teach her the Omni. No, no, the best thing I would have probably would be the Firehawk. Yeah. Yeah. Which Hydra- is... Hydraulic clutch. Which yeah, is that a, one wouldn't be too bad. Which is a rear-wheel drive LS. Like, that's still it's not... Got, it's got power, so... still not the best thing to learn in. It'd be by far and away the fastest no, thing No, it's she's a good thing to learn in. She just needs to, you know, you just drive it sensibly. She's not... You know, until she has experience with it, she wouldn't be ready to to raise hell with it. But. No, you're not going to take her to Ottawa and teach her how to race or how to drive clutch <laughs> on the drag strip. Is that what you're telling no. me? No, come on. <laughs> and the formula's not bad to drive either, but that's 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 all linkage. That's not hydraulic yeah. and that. Yeah, and that is a little feel, bit tougher. You can feel that. That's it's a lot less forgiving, and it's real easy to put either not enough gas and kill it, or way too much gas and launch it on that car. Yeah. Which is fine when you want it. Katie wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, that'd be t- that'd be tough to learn with. Katie would be scared with that. You need to buy another Chevy Love in a place with a pasture, Dad. You're looking at houses. Yeah. Make sure you got a pasture for me. You need land. Well, Missouri's full of land, so I mean, you got that going for you. Seems need, to be all I can we, find. We, we, yeah. need, we need to have another solstice, maybe. Oh, you're telling me? No, 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 no. sky. Can you? Sky. I even. Oh no, God no! <laughs> Those things are hideous no looking. No way! No, no, Dude, no, 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 no! I genuinely like. Cause yeah, I listened to that podcast. You, 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 and Michael were both so wrong. Yeah, but we talked about it. Are we, we talked about it. We talked, we talked about, about it last, last week, week too, and. There's tons of people in the group who are like, dude, what do you see in the solstice? Like, I don't think I've ever met another person who's like, yeah, solstice is the better one. No, it definitely is the better I one. I posted on Instagram, and it's it's split pretty much 50-50. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, there was God. a lot of people commented it was one or the other. Thank God. So everyone, everyone has an opinion about it, which is kind of surprising. About it. It's a weird car. It should be a more popular car. Yeah. I, I think I've, I've said it like a million times. Well, the problem with these cars is Pontiac screwed up, and then um, Saturn took on the car too, and and, and they have the same problem. There is, I mean, you got that huge trunk in the back, but once you fold it, but there's no place to put it. It's not really that big when it's up, when the hood. No, you have a little spot. I mean, you would have trouble putting a small duffel bag in that thing. It's horrible. If I remember right. Because I remember, I remember when we when I was in it with my mom one day, and yep. I was flipping through the owner's manual, and they had like the cubic footages of storage. Yeah, and it was something silly like three point two cubic feet <laughs> with the top up, yep. and with the top down it was like point six or something oh, like grief. that. It was just totally useless. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a toy and nothing more. Mom couldn't even like take it to the grocery store by herself. 
to buy food for a family of four. Oh, right. you put it in the passenger seat. Right. It all had to go in the passenger seat. And even then, yeah, you had the to be careful. Yeah, the engineer come up with that idea should have been slapped. The, like, people joke about, oh, you know, Corvettes are designed so you can fit two golf bags in the back. But, like, it's <laughs> they're functional vehicles because of it. Right. So. These are fun cars to drive. They, oh, so much fun. Yeah. It was, I've never driven one. I've, I've wanted it to. The great. It, it, it the was greatest. nimble. And, and I, we had the first year they came out, so we didn't have the. The turbo. The turbo, but we just had the regular, the, was it Eco? 2.4 Eco Tech. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, it was a fun that's, car. It's got a little bit of power. I mean, it's, it doesn't need a lot. It doesn't weigh much. No, it didn't weigh much, and you can go around corners with it. I mean, it it, it it did everything you wanted to, and if you really wanted to get stupid with it, there was a company like in New Jersey or something that made the kit. Mm-hmm. Hallet. Or Mallet. One of the two. Try mallet. They made like this ridiculous wide body for it. <laughs> Looked fucking sweet. I believe it. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised this just didn't get more popular because it would be a great autocross car, track car. I mean, it just. I don't know. There must be some. I don't know. Maybe there's just no support. I think that's probably I mean, that's, what it is. You know, no, like well, no, in this no day suspension. and age, for some reason, when you find one, it's got a builder's title. All of them. Every they're either automatics or salvage titles. Yeah. It's crazy. You don't want the salvage title. It's never right. Yeah, I know. Yep. I know. <laughs> so, how far, how long are we into this for? Well, hour four, 38. Should we shut her down? Yeah, I know we're going to do a little different format this week. Yeah, we we're decided not, we didn't even want to deal with news. No. Just, just, but we can still push people towards apexchatcoach.com. Absolutely. And they have the new Lap Timer Plus. Oh, this looks super cool. So, it's a subscription service that you add to your already um, Apex Pro app and it'll give you predictive lap times and you can also use it for like different um, best lap analyses analysis analysis Anal- I don't know analysis <laughs> and then you can even do like uh, gear calculations based on the OBD2 data that if you get that um, adapter as well yep so I like where they're going this Fun is new things. they have the, la- the the unit the Apex Pro unit which of course you can still get with the free uh, amount with our 10 tenths code but then they also have the OBD2 adapter, and they also have this new Lap Timer Plus. So they're heading in probably to be competitive with everybody now. Because yeah. what everyone was complaining about was that they didn't have predictive lap times. They were so used to it with the uh, the other systems. Solos. And now, at like half the price, Apex Pro's got it. Uh, Andrew is involved in this instructor summit thing yep, yep. i've been following really cool yeah i've been following them on facebook because they actually i gave them some of my data which of course the only heartland park data i had was on a wet track oh really yep. i think i have but a dry session where it i was, spun out even yep so I, I but the well then i had two different configurations oh that's right because the, the full course was on wet that. and the and the not there the nascar or whatever course was on dry so i sent them that and was like hey it might be kind of weird because it it had wet spots. It wasn't a wet course. It was they had sanding water on turn, whatever eleven or whatever it was, and then a couple other spots with sanding water. Fourteen, so. yeah, fourteen for sure. That was a real bad one. Yeah, that was the river. But yeah, I've been following them. So yeah, uh, instructor summit on Facebook is a lot of those guys are all kind of teaming up. So Andrew, like even like Ross Bentley's been doing stuff on there. Yeah. So I mean, it's great resources. Kind of the future of you know HPDE training. Yeah, which is which is good. So cool stuff. 
Check did, this, it out. did this go how you thought it would go? Is there anything? Absolutely. You, anything you? It was everything I wanted. All, I it mean, to be. You, you both have each other on the hot seat for a few more minutes. Nah, I don't want to. Everybody, remember contact oh, Adam Christ. to get him started on the on the swap meet area. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. will enjoy it. Trust me. I know. I'm in. Oh, by the way, I wanted to thank Dusty for getting me this <laughs> this well fitted shirt. Um, Schmedium is the size. You can tell because it doesn't fit me, Dusty. Look at these arms. Look at this. When this comes this out, this is exactly why Adam complains about shirts. When this comes out, I'm gonna be hanging out with Dusty. Am I getting a new shirt? He said he was gonna try and dig He's, one up for you. Is he forgetful like you? Uh, well, he told me he was gonna send me those two months ago. So yeah, he won't remember. And is then he so, was like, "That was dumb. I should have just waited till Super Lab." So thank you for the medium shirt, Dusty. It fits great. It sits under my armpits. Good. Oh, so uh, gross. C- completely shows my arm, so I can just do this. Got to show off that sweet. Show tat, off my guns, Robbie. my tats, my tan. I have no, t- I, have, I have no tan. Actually, it's kind of uncomfortable. It's a little undersized. <laughs> I feel like a an early two thousands punk band, like Simple Plan. That's not punk, but you know what I mean. Those guys with their little shirts, right? Their skinny little bodies. Yeah. yeah. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks. Since, since, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Dad. I know you didn't want to do this. When do I get paid for this? Never. When we get paid as soon for as this. We, we, got, we got five cents from Drive Tribe today, so we're killing it. No, no, six and a half cents American. Oh, that's right. Six, six and, and a half, half cents, cents American. Because it comes in Great British Pounds. So that exchange rate was really good to us. I already turned in my two weeks. <laughs> so. Yeah, this has been fun. Uh, we should definitely do it again. Especially when you come down, let me drive all your cars. Or when you come down. Either way, I'm down. So, if you want to drive my cars, you might have to help me move. Someone's someone's got to get them from Sioux City to Missouri. I'm pretty sure, even in this day and age, you're only allowed to pay people with uh, soda and pizza. So, if you let me drive your cars and pay me in pizza and soda, I'm still I'm down. Sounds like a plan to me. Just get me on a weekend. I'm not racing. I'm, I'm all for it. It's gonna be the tough part. <laughs> yeah, not May. As long as you're not doing it in May. <laughs> right? Holy crap. I have a, I have something almost every weekend in May. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Actually, a full week, then every weekend. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. One lap. One lap. So. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just rambling at this point. All right. So we'll catch you guys now. next week.